Hey, Combo Nation, we are here. We can't stop. We won't stop. And we've been telling them that for years, man. Combo Nation. <laughs> they can hear us now. <laughs> what is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 419 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and you know what it is. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Today's show, Danny Meringue of the Jacked Ramseys, joins in to talk Blazers basketball. We discuss Shaden Sharp's development, Dame's leadership, and the Blazers' hot start. A fantastic conversation with Danny. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Danny Meringue, welcome to Combo's Court, man. How are you feeling? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's a lot better to uh, talk basketball uh, this time of year than this time of year last year. <laughs> oh, most definitely, especially for you. I mean, <laughs> at the time at the time of this recording, the Blazers are leading the West with their record. Um, are how surprised are you, man? I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> Anybody who says that, the Blazers are surprised, everybody's yeah. surprised. Like there, there were certainly things that you expected in the sense of. Damian Lillard being healthy, I was certainly more bullish on on him and that uh, than probably most folks. Um, I figured the addition of Jeremy Grant would be good, not great. Uh, mm-hmm. I believed in Anthony Simons' talent probably more yeah. than just about anybody. Um, Shaden was a wild card. Shade, like, listen, Shaden, Shaden in his first couple preseason games, it was like, there's some stuff there, but I don't know. And they they ended up playing a second division team from Israel, uh, Maccabi Ranana. And I know this sounds dumb, but even he said something about it. He caught a lob, and like late in the first quarter, early second quarter, I'm trying to remember, caught a lob and he just threw it down with just such tremendous force and grace. And then he went on to score 27 in the game. And I'm talking to him after the game, and I'm like, did did that kind of like let you know that you belong? He was like, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, and ever since then, he doesn't question like his ability on the court or like whether or not he belongs, like, and uh, among the NBA guys. And it was just like that was a switch and it flipped. And every night you will get something out of him, whether it's a 17 point night or a two point night, you will get one play out of him that will make you go, oh my God. Yeah. And no, nobody saw that coming this year. They, everybody thought we were two years away from that. Yeah. Nobody knew what. Uh, was coming with him because all we really had was EYBL tape. Uh, and you don't know what like, that is. Right. Like uh, there was no college tape in summer league. He got unfortunately injured early. And Five we get, minutes in. Yeah. We didn't get to see him there. So what are you excited about when you watch him play when it comes to his future, his potential? Okay. So let me preface this. Like the Holy Trinity of basketball for me with the Blazers starts and ends with Brandon Roy. Like his game to me was always the most enticing. His his pacing, his style, the way he went about it. There was just something about Brandon, even though it was only four years with his knees, 
that it brought me back to basketball. So I got out of the Air Force right about the time that he came to the Blazers. And it, you know, thankfully I was overseas in a war zone while the jail blazers years were going on. Didn't oh, have man. to suffer, didn't have to suffer through those in person. But I come back to Brandon Lamarcus. And Brandon had this this pace, this timing, this ability to get you on his clock. And there's very few guys in basketball that can do this. Luca's a guy who does this now. Just basically plays at like seven miles an hour the entire time. You you never he's never too fast. He's never too slow. And he's going to get you on his timing, his cadence. Shaden has that ability already. And I asked him about it. I'm like, hey, did you ever watch Brandon play? Because you like I'm going to preface this with saying, like, you remind me of him. And me saying that is like, you remind me of a guy who would have been an all-NBA player. Like, so and he goes, actually, yeah. My coach and I, we worked on pace and pacing when I was at Kentucky. That was one of the things we focused on the most, getting ready for the NBA. Him and John and, Calipari as his coach? Or was no, his trainer. Coach? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, he's his trainer. Okay. And he goes, this was the thing that like, I knew I needed to focus on. And you can see it evident in his game. He just kind of rocks you side to side and then, you know, blows by you. He just lulls you to sleep pulls up on you, lulls you to sleep, back cuts you. He just has this impeccable pacing and timing that 19-year-old kids are not supposed to have. And it's evident in his game. And then the explosive athleticism. To, like, to paint this yeah. picture, Chauncey Billups called him a combination of Brandon Roy and Vince Carter. <laughs> Chauncey Billups called him this. This is yeah. a guy who likes to pump the brakes on a lot of things. And he played against Prime Vince, and he played against... Brandon Roy dropped 41 on Chauncey. Chauncey knows what that dude was when he was at the apex of his powers. Right. For him to say that when he like, you know, he downplays stuff in general is about the highest praise I think you can give a guy. So yeah, there's, there's some hype around the kid now. There's, there's, and listen, the last time somebody was this hyped in Portland was, was Dame. It's, it's that simple. Like they haven't had a guy like this. And before Dame, it was Brandon. Like yeah. the, you're talking about, the pillars of the Blazers. You're talking about Clyde. You're talking about Brandon. You're talking about Dave and Shaden yeah. is, is, is falling into that camp as far as a, now will he turn into that? I don't know, but a talent profile. That's what guys are talking about. him like, yeah. I mean, when we watched the EYBL tape, uh, we covered the draft often here. We saw that he could do a lot with the basketball. What have you seen with him playing without the basketball? Because of course that's needed yeah. with Damon Anthony. That, that's the thing is he is, He's got natural timing on cuts. Uh, what's what's really interesting is that you've got two rookies in Portland in Jabari Walker and Shaden Sharp. Mm -hmm. Jabari is the son of Samaki Walker. He was incredible, incredible in summer league. I talked to numerous scouts and numerous, numerous executives all said the same thing. I've never seen a rookie look that ready without the ball because that's the, one of the hardest things to learn because all of these guys, all of you know this, all these guys had the ball in their hands. Yeah. Nobody comes to the league as a role player. There's the few guys that understand that. It's the second round guys. It's the Villanova guys. It's the Marquette guys, you know, who cut their teeth, not always having the ball. Jabari was a guy who was a, what, second or third leading scorer in the Pac-12, also the leading rebounder, falls to 57th, and you see him understand when, where, how to move without the ball. Never needs the ball in his hands to, to knock down a shot whether it's off a back cut, whether it's space into the corner, whether it's slipping a screen. Shaden does that, but as a guard. He knows how to just time it. 
You turn your head, his athleticism, his one burst out of the corner is about as explosive as it gets. If you step up, if the, the Portland and Chauncey have done a very, very good job this year of lifting defenses. And when that defense lifts, that's when Shaden shines off ball. That defense lifts and he flies out of the corner and looking for a lob or looking for a back cut. In transition, the Blazers are pushing the ball more than they have literally in the last 10 years, whether it's Dame, whether it's Ant, whether it's Josh Hart, whether it's Jeremy Grant. Every single one of those guys are looking for Shaden Sharp when they go, you know, two on one, three on two, four on three, odd man opportunities. Shaden just has a natural ability and a natural inclination to space the floor and, and find his timing. And honestly, he's one of those guys where you throw it within three feet of the rim, he's going to go get it. He's already had probably three of the best lobs in Blazers history just in the first month of the season. Yeah. You mentioned Chauncey. Do you feel like he's getting enough credit? Because I'll reiterate this. I mean, the Blazers are at the top of the Western Conference, <laughs> um, at least at the point of this recording. Um, do you feel like he's getting enough credit for his job there with the Blazers? Locally, yes. Nationally, no. And uh, I think that's yeah. I mean, that's nationally, it's it's almost non-existent, right? Like yeah. I don't. Yeah. It, it, it comes to the territory. We're okay. in Portland. We're, we're geographically isolated. Nobody talks about us here in this little bubble, unless it's the you know late '90s Trailblazers. Like you, you've got to be an NBA Finals compatible team for anybody to really care or you've got a number one draft pick in Greg Oden like even even mm. the best LaMarcus and Brandon teams nobody really cared about like you, you get a feature story here or there they talk about them here and there. Dame could you know be an MVP front runner and, and still be like ah well it's Portland because it is it's an outpost geographically well Dame runs. definitely gets national attention but he's but so the team great that exactly that's true that's true he does D- Dame will get his yeah, but as what, far as Chauncey oh no go ahead what, what, what has Chauncey's point of emphasis been the, the the their word that they've kind of chosen is connectedness. Okay. So connectedness is what they came out with with at Media Day, and they want to be connected on offense. They want to be connected on defense. They want to be connected off the floor. So for the first time uh, this year, Dame used to take the guys down to San Diego uh, when they when they first kind of 2015 the post Lamarcus years, mm-hmm. and they would have a bonding session down there, not an official training camp. They would just hang out together, and that was kind of how they got going. But this year they had training camp down in Santa Barbara, away from the families, away from the wives, away from the girlfriends, away from families and kids and uh, shoe deals and sponsorships and other stuff that and just bonded. And it allowed them to focus wholly and solely on basketball. And I'm a I'm a proponent of this. I'm a, I'm a believer in this. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I was in the military. I feel like the sports is the closest thing you can come to that militaristic brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And when you get out there, you only have each other to lean on. And if you can simulate a little bit of that by getting away from everything else, but kind of getting on the road, um, jump starting that because there's so many new guys, Damon Nurk are the only returning starters from last year. Like yeah. that's a massive turnover in the A in, in the NBA. Your Damon Nurk are the only returning starters. And then your first three off the bench are new. Yeah. So you're of your top eight, Maybe nine or maybe seven, excuse me. If you want to put Nasir Little, it depends on you know where he fits in there healthy. Six of the eight are new. Yeah. That's, Dame could Dame could tough. be the best. I mean, Dame could be the best leader in the NBA. Oh no, no I, I'm not gonna question it. He he yeah. is. He he genuinely is. And um, you know, he he brings in, you know, because he's a big part of this. He recruits Jeremy Grant in Tokyo. That's why Jeremy Grant is a trailblazer. Those two guys bonded. 
And you, you can write a book about the number of players that have been recruited in Olympics that have gone places. And Dame did this. They bonded. And, you know, the, the Pistons get a 2025 uh, first-round pick from the Bucks, And, uh, hey, thanks for your service, Jeremy. And Jeremy gets to go where he wants. Comes yeah. to Portland, and he fits in here like a glove. Jeremy Grant is playing the best basketball of his career right now. And Jeremy's Dame's best teammate outside of LaMarcus ever. If you're talking about like multi-skill, like a guy that you have to think about, Jeremy Grant's mm-hmm. that guy. Because, listen, CJ was a bucket, but nobody's trapping CJ. Nobody's doubling CJ. And if they are, they're doing it above the break. Jeremy Grant's catching the ball in the mid-post, and Dallas is throwing two at him because he's cooked them for 30 points in the first three quarters. Like The last time the Blazers had somebody else other than Damian Lillard that could throw the ball to at any other spot above the break, or except for, except for above the break, was LaMarcus. Remember, Dame got his start as a rookie feasting off LaMarcus Aldridge double teams. So that just has just flipped on its head as far as how the, the Dame has evolved and the team has evolved. But back to the whole, like the, the idea of Chauncey, Chauncey's connectedness is, is started in camp and they want to hold each other accountable. For years, I have wanted this team to be bigger, stronger, longer, more athletic. Like the, for the last, that's, where the, that's where the league is going. It is. And for the last seven years, the Trailblazers have been the least athletic team in the league. I love Dame. Dame had bounce when he came into the league. He's still bursty as hell, but he's not the most, expl- he's not jaw. Like oh, it no. just, that's not, and that's well, nobody, nobody's jaw. No, but it's just saying like <laughs> you, you don't have like a supreme athlete at the point guard position when you're talking about NBA scale. You right. look at the two guard, Anthony Simons is a dunk contest winner. Like if you're comparing him to CJ McCollum, it's significantly more oh, bursty and athletic than that's, CJ. That's what makes Ant so that's what makes Anthony so great because he's such a great athlete, but his game is not necessarily predicated on athleticism. Oh, he he busts it out every now and then and he reminds you, oh, that's right, he's got a 40-inch vertical. Right, right. Shaden's probably the best athlete in this draft. Then you've got Jeremy Grant, who at 6'8", 6'9", can just kind of be whatever. He's great in the open floor. He can take advantage of mismatches. He's certainly an athlete at the four position. Josh Hart wants to just break your face every single time he's on the floor. He's going to compete. Is he a high-end athlete? No, but is he strong? Is he a bulldog? Is he a guy who gets after you? Yes. You look at the bench. Nasir Little, athlete. Gary Payton the second athlete. I mean, you just start going down the list of like what they went and got. They got guys that profile so much different than what they have been for the last 10 years. Do you feel like Anthony is on a trajectory where he'll even be a better running mate than CJ was? Cause CJ was really yes. good and he still is really good. No, CJ's a great player. And he's, uh, and he's one of the most, to me, he's one CJ's one of the most skillful players in the NBA. He has maybe not be. one of the best, but he's one of the most skillful. He has to be. He has to be. Because yeah. he's not the most explosive guy. I mean, you're you're, right. ta- you're looking at a guy who can barely dunk. Yeah. Like he 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 can barely push it over the rim, and he jokes about it. Listen, CJ's mid range game. He's one of the best mid range shooters of the last twenty five years. The numbers bear it out. He's got nine years of just being an absolute bucket in the mid range. Mm-hmm. The, the only guys who are better than him are the historically great mid range shooters: Kevin Durant, Chris Paul. CJ's right there. Then he started adding his three-point volume and became explosive. But CJ's, this is last check, CJ was the worst free-throw generating 20-point-per-game player in NBA history. Does not get to the line. Part of this has to do with he has had foot and ankle injuries that, that have slowed him down early in his career. So his game changed to, I'm going to stay out of the paint because that's where I roll my ankles. 
That's where I roll my, that's why I have my foot damage. That's where, and he started trying to be a little bit more aggressive last two years and he started picking up injuries. And it was like, no, no, kind of makes sense. With Anthony, he's on that same kind of trajectory with CJ or originally because I, I talked to him about this. He said, I've never had to drive or go to the rim because I could always shoot over anybody because his release is like that. He can get his shot off against anybody in the NBA. There's never been a need for him to go to the rim. Now he's learning how to do it. There, uh, last year, the question was, can he you know, run the one? Can he be a creator? Can he handle the ball? And he went from a non-ball handler to a, a guy who was literally running the offense for two months. That's what got him $25 million a year. That's what turned him into Dame's running mate. So like right. his, I, his, the idea of him growing beyond CJ, right now he's averaging 23, 4, and 4. Right now. And he's doing it on okay efficiency. And he'll even tell you, I just haven't shot well. I mean, you're talking about a guy... A preseason, I asked him, like, what's like a what's an actual goal that you put down for you? Like, what I know everybody says team success. I'm like, I want you to be selfish. What is an Anthony Simons goal? He goes, I want to be a 50, 40, 90 guy. He's a career 90% free throw shooter. That's that's easy to see happen. He's a career 40% three point shooter. That's and that, easy that, that that's that's a great indicator of what your shooting potential could be. Like, even when I look yeah. at guys coming into the draft, like if the three point percentage is not that great, okay. If the mid range percentage is not Good, okay, but if the free, free throw, if, the, if the free throw percentage is bad, then we might have some issues. We got to talk. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk. So that is really a really great indicator that his goal is very reachable. For him, it's finishing at the rim. That's because it's not something he's had to do. But so he has all these incredible athletic tools. He which is weird, him. right? It, it, right. It's probably just it's probably just the skill development. It's something he has to mm-hmm. rep out. I'm thinking. Yeah. No. It really like his handle. He'll tell you his handle isn't as tight as it needs to be. He spent time uh, last summer working with Darren Collison down at P3. And right, right. Um, he, he was working with those guys, like getting his body right, getting his handle right. Just like those are the things that he really worked on. He's still not there, but he's – if I showed you tape of Anthony Simons last year to you two years ago, you wouldn't believe that was him. Well, I remember him very well in the bubble. Like, and there's a huge difference. And, and he showed some flashes in the bubble. But... That's the thing. You, you see those, like – Little snippets, yeah. but like the way but you that know, he grows you know what stood out crazy. The what the thing that stood out in the bubble was he had confidence even back then. He definitely yes. had the confidence, and that was well, that was one of those times. That sh- and and in early on in his career, his confidence came and went. Okay. And that that period last year when he took over, basically averaged twenty seven and six, shot like 48, 44, 90 At I think his usage rate was like twenty nine percent, something insane. With a, a it was a bad team. And the the uh, Warriors threw a box and one at him. The Suns were trapping him at forty feet. He was like, battling Trey. You know, Trey had a forty point game. I think Ant had thirty nine. Like he was just right there with everybody. And it was kind of this evolution. So I say all of this to get to like, can he be at CJ? He's at CJ's level now. Wow, that's the thing. Is it's and the thing people have to remember about CJ. CJ was a four year guy, and he, he didn't get on the floor for for almost two years after that because. Wes Matthews was in front of him. Yeah. So Ant's ahead of the curve. Ant's, I mean, CJ got on the floor at like 24, 25. Ant's just turned, Ant turned 23 this summer. And he's already at peak CJ McCollum. So the idea of him being better, I don't think it's it's that far out in left field. I think he's still probably got two, maybe three years of, of like true development in him before we see him turn into what he's going to be. And the big questions, the the swings for him are, can he tighten his handle? 
Can he be better defensively? He's been leaps and bounds better defensively this year, but there's still room for growth. His handle, if he can tighten it up and use it as his ability to create and get to the rim more effectively, the thing for him is he's shown the ability to be able to generate free throws. And that's kind of, again, when you're talking about free throws being an indicator as a percentage, as a shooter, yeah. your ability to create free throws is also a skill that you kind of grow into. All the, all the league's uh, best players have that in their game for the most part, yep. you know? Yeah. You have to. In today's game, you have to be able to. I mean, the, the Blazers and, and uh, Mavs just played. Luka had 18. I think Dame had 15. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you, got, you, you have to grift. You have to. Yeah, and you know what? You talked about how Lucas slows the game down. Probably when Anfordy slows his game down a little bit, mm-hmm. it allows the refs to see you getting fouled at a higher rate. Yep. Yeah. Exaggerate and sell that contact. And and again, Lucas, you know, six seven, what two sixty? I think he's six eight. Yeah, he, he <laughs> but, looks he, he looks two seventy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he's a truck. Yeah, I he mean, is. Ants six four two hundred. Like and can, yeah. he's he tries to get over two hundred pounds, he can't do it. It's but he's got to sell it in a different way. He's got to be slithery. Luca's just gonna move you out of the way. And yeah. so how he how he manages to develop that game is one of the more interesting things that I'm looking at for him over the next couple of years. So it, we're not two games in the season, but we're not forty two games into the season nope. either. Um, Blazers, do you believe they're legitimately going to be a playoff team? I picked them to win 42 games a season and be right there for the play-in. Okay, I have, but, but now have you now I have, I have I have. I, have. Okay. I think they're a 45 win team. I think they're probably the sixth seed because okay. there's going to be, there's going to be some stuff. There's going to be some regression defensively based on some of their shot profile stuff. Okay. Um, they're giving up probably a few too many corner threes. They're probably giving up too many shots at the rim. The flip side of that is Yusuf Nurkic has missed, like, what, five games now? Damian Lillard has missed five games now. Justice Winslow has missed a couple games. Jeremy Grant's missed a couple games. Anthony Simons missed the game. The Blazers have been one of the most injured teams in the league to start this year, and they're still 9-4. and four. Yeah, that is crazy. Do you feel like that uh, – I don't want to say it helps you, but it gives those players – No, it does. That, it, it does it help gives those. It gives those players um, that are playing more opportunity and the ability to get in a better rhythm. Yeah. Yep, you you get a little more from Nasir Little. You get Jabari Walker on the floor. Shaden Sharp, again, had a 17-point night uh, the other night. And it was like, oh, you know, shot 7 to 10. Got teed up in the game because he got into the game. And yeah. he's starting to – the Blazers are it's, – it's very dangerous what they're doing. Both them and the Warriors – or working in no, don't put the Blazers lines. and the Warriors. No, 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 no I'm no, just no. saying, don't disrespect the Blazers like that. <laughs> no, 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 but they're working on two different timelines. It 100%. is very, it's very 100%. difficult to do that. And that had, was that was what was incredible about the Warriors championship last year. Yes, they did it with yeah. so many young guys. Yeah, the yeah. Blazers. They're a few years behind the Warriors in that curve, but you look at it. I mean, you've got Dame at 32, uh, GP two at 30. Grant's 28, Nurkic's 28, Justice is like, what, 27, I said, I think? Everybody else is 23 or younger. Yeah. Anthony's 23, Nas is 22, uh, Shaden's 19. Like, you just go down the roster. Jabari Walker's 20. Uh, Trenton Watford just turned 22. Their entire bench is young outside of GP2. He's And he's 30. And he's a young 30 because this is he's only played like what two whole years in the NBA because he's been bouncing around the G League forever. Yeah. But other than that, like so it's like it's it's a very uh hard defining line between what they're doing. And so Dame has has said, listen, uh he he, he pulled his calf 
uh, in a game uh, before they went on the six game road trip. Okay. And they ended up having like four days off. They played Memphis and then they went on the road. And in that time period, Dan was like, listen, man, if they need to rush me back because they need me so bad that we can't win a game or two on a road trip, then we're not the team we think we are. And hell, five years, forget that. Two years ago, Damian Lillard would not have said that because he's changed his mentality. He understands what he needs to do with his body. Well, he's also, this, he's also sending a message when he says that too. Yes. There's, there's two things. Like he understands how he needs to be physically. He can't force himself in game seven to play through a calf strain mm-hmm. when there's, you know, 75 more games. But he also goes, listen, man, we're better than we've been in the past. We make Which speaks to sense. the leadership. And again, Dame, I don't know if he goes home and workshops this stuff or it's just natural or a little bit of both. <laughs> right. But Dame, I, I've had the privilege to cover him his entire career. I've never heard him say the wrong thing. Never. There's only one time that I know of his entire career where he did not, where he refused to talk to the media. Dame talks post game every game. No other player does that. No other player does that. And he always has the right message. It's truly incredible. Like you can say, oh, it's prepackaged, it's managed, it's his agent, it's this. I don't think so. I think I don't think just, so. Because he's the same, he's the same way on like random podcasts. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And those are long that's long form content and that can't You're bound be to pre- screw up if it's yeah, packaged. That can't be like an hour and a half of predetermined talk. You know what I mean? You can't, like, you can't fake the funk for that long. You yeah. just, you and can't. also, and he's the best rapper in the NBA. So he got I mean, it all that, that goes without question. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You know, you said it's a niche where you are that a lot of the topics that revolve around the Blazers don't get national attention. Does yeah. that help a creator such as yourself when you're niching down on yeah, a place that sure. doesn't have the national attention? For sure. I mean, I started out, um, I, I worked in intelligence in the Air Force. Okay. And when I got out, I became a business analyst and I started doing like analytics on the side for the NBA or like, just like for me on Twitter in 2010. 2010 okay. is when I started doing it. And that turned into the Blazers broadcast started using my stuff on Twitter. It wasn't like they didn't say it was mine, but I can tell you where they got it from because I was the only one creating it. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. A local radio station noticed it and was like hey do you want to talk about this like this is pretty cool content again this is like the beginning of nba analytics right and i was like sure so what year was turned, this 2010 no 2011 so okay. that turned into doing a podcast with the radio station and then i started writing for uh blazer's edge out here and then that turned into a, a bigger podcast then it turned into the, the biggest trailblazers podcast like it was insane and then that turned into a tv show with nbc host the pre and post game show for four and a half years. And then that turned into me starting my own show. And then I got my own radio show six months ago. That's not happening in Los Angeles. Like it's, it's just too big and there's too much pomp and circumstance. There's too much stuff around it in Portland, that path that, that was there for me because of the, the nature of the market. And then as far as like the creating side of it, I've carved this this little pie out for me because of I've been around for so long now. I've kind of grown and nurtured relationships to the point of like I am who I am. They know who I am, and it, 
my whole thing now, as far as like covering the team on a daily basis, because that's the cool thing about being on the radio is that I've come like a radio beat reporter is when I go ask questions, I'm, I don't have to worry about somebody else, what questions they're going to ask. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to ask the basketball questions. I don't, I don't listen. There are plenty of people who are much better at, at writing profiles or understanding the nature of people or, or, or telling somebody's story. Not that I don't want to hear about that stuff. That's not what I'm good at. What I'm good at is understanding the basketball side of things, the number side of things, marrying those two things together and then being able to present it. So I get to be in this market where nobody else does what I do in media and I can go, cool. Hey, remember that in the third quarter when, you know, you guys decided to run X and you got this out of it. Why were you trying to do this? And I can ask those questions and get a basketball answer. Now, the guys who are writing profiles or, you know, writing their daily stuff, they don't care about that. Me, I can take that and throw that on the radio or on the podcast and and expand upon it and help fans understand the game better. And so right. it just it it allows me to kind of without the, the national presence or any national narratives, I can do that stuff. And it's and it's really cool cuz you can just kind of I, hell, I asked Chauncey Billups a, a question that was very analytics heavy. Uh, was it two weeks ago? And he goes, I don't know, man. I don't, whatever that is, you just said, I got to go back to school to understand it. And he was basically calling me a nerd. And it was, it was great because we were going back and forth. And I was like, and, but then he went and answered the question because he knew exactly what I was saying. But it was, it's like those are the kind of things that I, I get to do in this market because I don't have 12, you know, national media reporters trying to ask some question about, Something that doesn't pertain to basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Danny, great stuff. You're always welcome back. Um, when the Blazers hopefully make the playoffs, we could have you back on and talk about that later Hello on. Hello, be thy name. <laughs> it's always good for content. Most definitely. <laughs> Danny, thanks so much. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Social media, everywhere else? Yeah, you can find me on social media at Danny Morang. Uh, and if you're ever in Portland or Terrestrial Radio, you can find me on 1080 The Fan. Uh here in Portland and then uh, Jack Ramsey's podcast. Uh, we mostly post game shows and then we're up at least uh, twice a week. Danny, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon, man. Hey, absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. There it is. Another episode of Combos Court. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Thanks to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. And big shouts to Danny for joining in. We appreciate you. Share this episode. It helps Combos Court tremendously. Share it with a friend. Share it on Twitter. You could tag me on there at Combos Court. Same name as the podcast. Take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram on those IG stories at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. If you would like to receive bonus Combos Court content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Be on the lookout for episode 420, Combo, out.